Welcome to Compassion Ministries Podcast, a place where Jesus Christ is reigning and lives are changing. Worship with us on Sundays at 9 a.m. at 6121 Cedar Avenue in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Study with us Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12 p.m. and 7 p.m. Watch us live every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. at www.compassion-ministries.com or download the Compassion Ministries app at the Google Play or Apple Store. Now, let's get ready as the under-shepherd, Pastor W. Lonnie Herndon, shares today's message. All right, all right. John chapter 5, verse number 16. When you go on television, shout out your pastor. Shout out your pastor. Don't don't even be playing. (laughs) Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Amen. Amen. I want to preach as the Lord shall lead in God. You know, we've been in this relationship series about an apology is nothing to be sorry about. An apology is nothing to be sorry about. You might be seated in the presence of the Lord. Consecrate me now, Lord, to thy service by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. Let my will be lost in thine. Grant that anointing that makes preaching easy so that you might get all of the glory. Save in this place today. Deliver in this place today. Meet the needs of your people in this place. It's in the marvelous and matchless name of Jesus the Christ we pray and the people of God say amen. In our last time together in this series on relationships, we talked briefly about the necessity of learning the importance of being able, listen to this, to render an apology regardless the nature of the relationship. I suggested to you that all of us at one time or another will have the potential to offend somebody, to hurt somebody, to disappoint somebody, to say something or do something that, that really offends somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, you have the potential. You're not picking on them. You're not picking on them. But, Tony, the the Bible teaches this, Romans chapter 7, verse number 18, that in my flesh there dwells, listen to this, Rob, no good thing. Uh, and, And so along the journey, all of us will experience some season of our life where we will have to render an apology. An apology defined is an expression of regret at having caused trouble for someone else. Uh, Apologizing is the way of the believer. Apologizing is the way the believer goes about recognizing our wrongs, our faults. 
It's, 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 it's the believer, listen to this, Gail, it's the believer taking the ownership and responsibility for the wrongs we cause or taking responsibility and ownership for our faults, especially, look here, listen to this, Brother Lane, when it comes to our relationship with God, God wants us to take ownership and to take responsibility and to recognize where we offended him. Or listen to this, Tahira, where we have offended Calvin, other people. Uh, now, please get that this is really important. And those of you who have ever sat in NA, uh, AA or, or GA will know that making amends, getting it right with other people is one of the important steps. Please stay with me just for a moment, and especially my deep folk and people who are in the third heaven. I'm coming back for you in a moment um, because the truth of the matter is the closer I get to God or the closer I, I claim to be with him, to, to be honest, the, the, the more concerned I am about getting my relationship right with other brothers and sisters. The, the, the more closer I cling to be to God and the more I'm striving to get closer, listen to this tie, the more I am concerned about nothing getting in the way of my relationship with God, I'm more sensitive, God help me, I'm more sensitive to my sin, I'm more sensitive, listen to this, to the words out of my mouth. But I want to tell you this, I'm not only sensitive about being right with God, I am also too sensitive about being right with my brothers and sisters. Please get this. This is really important because it was important to God. Look at this scripture really quick. Turn quickly. Look, look at Luke chapter 9. I want to look at verse 53 and 54. Terry, this, this verse is amazing, Shelley. Luke chapter 9, verse 53 and 54. Luke 9, verse 53 and 54. Let's look at it together. Um, this, y'all heard of the sons of thunder? Um, James and John, they were part of Jesus' inner circle. Listen to this. But the, but the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. Look at verse 54. In verse 54, when James and John saw this, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? So look here just for a moment. They was like, Jesus, they didn't even welcome us into the town. Dude, we ought to just call down fire from heaven, burn them up. Look at the next verse. Look Look at the next verse. The next verse of that passage says, but Jesus turned and rebuked them. So Jesus says, listen to this. I don't care how other people treat you or deal with you. I'm going to check you on how you respond to it. Part of your Christian maturity is you are going to get, your, people are going to say stuff and do stuff to you. God says, that's not what I'm concerned about. You show your Christian maturity by your response. Call down fire from heaven. No, let me deal with you because this is when all of the God on the inside of you is supposed to show forth and you're supposed to walk it off. Please get this. I want you to get this because, because spiritual maturity and healthy relationships reveal, reveal the God in me because the God in me, when I am spiritually mature, now, not, not, when I'm, and not just been in the church a long time, but the God in me, the God in me, listen to this, Tanisha, makes me easy to get along with. 
preach, Pastor Herndon. The, the God in me, the God in me makes me easy to get along with. Why? Because I'm telling you, Tanya, listen to this. Because the person, because I am so kind. Three amens. I, I, listen to this, Brother Tall. Because I am so loving and because I am so patient and understanding with people. That's what I major in. Ooh, God Almighty, that, that, that's what I'm majoring. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm, no, no, I'm not short fuse. I don't fly off the handle. I ain't giving nobody the side eye. I'm not quick to tell people off. That's, that's my flesh. But because there's so much God in me, whew. As a matter of fact, even the words out of my mouth, jot this down, Colossians 4, 6. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your conversation be gracious. Listen to this. Look at Colossians 4, 6. Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. God Almighty. Whew. Listen to this. Let your conversation. Linda, that's what you're known for. Your conversation, Frida, is gracious and attractive so that I always have the right response for everyone. Please get this. Uh, the God in me uh, makes me have the attitude that says, I can always work it out. There's, there's, there's no reason why we have to walk away not speaking. I got to walk on the other side of the church, on the other side of the house, on the other side of the building. The God in me always works it out. That there, There's so much God because the more God I have in me, the more loving I am that I can look past the faults, I can look past the issues, and I can still love you. Now, I want to tell you, forgiving you doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation. You might not have that same place in my life, but I'm telling you, there's no reason why in the world that I, I have to stop speaking and be mean and nasty. No, I don't have to put you back where you were, uh, because wisdom teaches me not everybody deserves that place. Once it has been revealed, they can't handle the place I had you in, because Sometimes I, I, it's out of my discernment. I didn't see at first. I should have never had you in that position in the first place. But now that I have woke up and seen how you handle it and how you deal with it, you can't be that close. You, you, you can't see my nakedness. I can't undress in front of you. You're not hearing me up in here. Trying to help somebody. Because wisdom says you have given people access too soon. Three things that take, have to take place, relationships. Three things must take place in a believer's life that will open them up to hearing or receiving an apology that is needed. There's three things, and I want you to jot these down very quickly. Three things that have to take place, that must take place in a believer's life that will open them up to hearing or receiving your apology. Now, this is really key. Um, number one, number one is they must be open to listen or hear from the offended or the hurt. 
So I must be, I must be open to listen or hear from the offended or the hurt. This is really important. Now, I know you don't need this because you, you never do anything wrong. So I'm just asking that you just jot this for the people that you have to counsel because you never go through any of this. And so just, just get this for them because this doesn't apply to you. But number one, they must be open to listen and hear from the offended or the hurt. Uh, James chapter 1, verse number 19 says, under James 1, 19, I'm in the text. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen. Listen to the text. Wait a minute. Quick to do what? I must be quick to listen, slow to speak. If you can put up James 1, 19. Quick to listen, slow to speak. And here's the third one slow to get angry. I could drop the mic and we could go home right here. I, I'm telling you, I could do altar call and we could just leave on this one. Because if we can master this, if we, I'm telling you the truth, if we can master this, because not, not all of us in here have mastered all three of these. Listen to what has to happen. I have to be quick to listen. I need to listen to the other side. I need to hear your heart because sometimes you want to do all of the talking. You want to be heard. You want every. You want to hear what. You, you want to share everything you feel. You want to break down. You want to get it all out. All this kind of stuff. But sometimes you got to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So one of the things that has to happen is, Lord, make me open to hear. There's somebody that needs to reconcile with me, and I've been keeping them at a distance, and, and uh, my heart's hard. Now, uh, remember, rec remember, forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation, so I'll deal with that in a moment. So, at least let me be open to hear them. They need to share something with me. Uh, so, Lord, make me open. Let, let me at least hear them. Number two, jot this down. Number two, listen intensely to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. I dealt with this a few weeks ago, but one of the things that has to happen for me to be open to hear your apology is I have to, I have to yield to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Herndon, jot this down quickly. Let's look at John chapter 16, verse number 8. John 16, verse number 8. John 16, verse number 8. John 16, verse number 8. Look at the text, if you will. It says, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin. <sighs> and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he convicts us of our sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us. He convicts us, says, he says, you're wrong, or you need to go get that right with them. The, the power of the Holy Spirit, even when it comes to our relationship with God, how many in here know what it's like to sin or be disobedient toward God? And God said, listen, you need to go apologize. You need to get this area right with me. Now, all of us in here should have waved or said amen because the Holy Spirit doesn't just make us run around the church and shout and leap and dance. One of the things he does, he, he, matter of fact, he doesn't even make us run, jump, and shout. All he does is bring back to our remembrance what he has done for us, and as a result of what he has brought back to our remembrance, I can't help but to praise his name. But what he does, one of his ministries is to convict us of our sin. And can I just tell you this, child of God, look straight ahead, not here at Oak, the other church I pastor. I want to suggest that one of the things that we have lost is we have lost the sensitivity to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. 
And one of the reasons why we got to get back to prayer is because we got to lay on our face and say, God, a lot of this stuff we're going through is because we messed up and we've fallen short. We winked at sin. We laughed at it. We haven't dealt with it. God, y'all not hear me up in here. Uh, and I want to tell you, child of God, don't lose the conviction. High five your neighbor say, thank God for the conviction. One of the ways that I know I'm saved is that when I do sin, I'm not comfortable doing it. One of the things I got to admit, y'all ain't got to admit anything. I mess up daily. I fall short daily, but I'm not comfortable in it. Do I have some witnesses? And I'm glad that there is another voice when I mess up, when I think the wrong thoughts, when I say stuff I shouldn't say, that the Holy Ghost. And I'm scared for you. I'm scared for you, and you got to check yourself. You got to check yourself. When I don't feel nothing, uh, you got to check yourself. Because I got to ask you, listen, I ain't judging you, but are you saved? Because you are not saved if you continue in sin. Y'all not hearing me. You don't keep on sinning. You, you don't keep on, no, you sin less. And I want to tell you, child of God, we'll see miracles, we'll see healing, we'll see deliverance like we've never seen before if we confess our sin and get back to holy and righteous living with God. I want the Holy Ghost to come. Y'all not hearing me up in here to convict us to the point when nobody has to sit us down. We sit ourselves down because the convicting power of the Holy Spirit say, I can't lead praise and worship while sleeping with you. I can't dance all over the church while living this way. I... I said it, I meant it, and I ain't taking it back. Without holiness, no man shall see God. And one of these days, not to Pastor Herndon, we got a God to answer to. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. I don't know where you're sitting, but I would just praise him right now because he's coming back again. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for those who have, y'all not hearing me, whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. Number three, stay with me. Number three, so number one is, is Lord, make me, Lord, Lord, make me open to receive. Lord, let me experience the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that says, go get it right with them. You, you can't harbor that. You can't keep that. You can't harbor that. That stands in a way your prayer is being answered. 
it, it, it keeps, it keeps, it keeps your worship from being authentic. Y- y'all not hearing me. And, and so, go, go, go get it right. And here's the third thing, and I want you to just dot this down, is deliverance from the spirit of pride. <laughs> um, deliverance from the spirit of pride. Proverbs 26, verse number 12. Glory to God. Proverbs 26, verse number 12. Proverbs 26, verse number 12. It says, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Um, listen to this. There is more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. Listen to this, child of God. God, deliver me from pride. Because, uh, at the, you know, matter of fact, we mess up daily. But, but, but then we want to hold people in bondage over what they have done to us. So, Lord, make me open to hearing the hearts of those who need to sit with me and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I messed up. Whether it's your child, whether it's a parent, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a fiance, whether it's a sibling, whether it was a parent who wasn't there for a child that needs to go, say, listen, I'm sorry I blew those years. Whether it's a co-worker, whatever it is, Lord, remove, deliver me from the pride. And I want to tell you, child of God, it's more up in here than we think. The pride that we have, the arrogance that we walk in. Oh, God. However, apologizing is the main thing. It's, it's me owning my sin, owning my error. Uh, it's me owning my wrong. I, I, I messed up. I, I blew it. It's, it's, it's me owning it. It's, it's, it's not me, listen to this, excuse, making an excuse. It's not me pulling a Genesis chapter 3, Adam blaming Eve for it. It's, it's not that. It's, 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 it's what David says in Psalm 51, verse number 4. Let's learn this quickly. David says, against you and you only have I sinned. David says, this has been wrong before you, Lord. What David did, Nicole, is he, Shemika, he owned his sin. And, and I, wa- I want you in here, please get this, I-, I want you in here to cherish and care so much about protecting those loving relationships around you, uh, valuing them, preserving them, um, caring so much about those relationships that, that you have this mindset that all I want to do is get things right. All I want to do is fix it. Let's talk about how we can live harmoniously. How can we patch this? Now, we might not be together. I'm going to tell you the truth. We might not be together, but we got kids to raise together. And uh, we, we listen to the truth. Uh, we, we might not hang out together like we used to because I had a shift in thinking as a result of that incident. But I, I still want to, I still, you're still my sister. You're still my brother. H- how can we move past this in our marriage? How can we move past this with my fiance, with uh, the person I'm dating? How can I move past this with my sibling? How can I move past this with my children? Uh, I can't be arrogant and think that didn't hurt my daughter or hurt my son. Um, you know, uh, I can't be arrogant and I'm the parent they're going to do. I can't. I, I need to make amends because it's still a stumbling block for them. They're still hurt over it. They, they lost focus. They're not doing well in school as a result of it. They're not doing well in their adult relationships, the way they treat their friends as a result of what I won't get right. So let me humble myself. <sighs> Preach Pastor Herndon. I want to deal with this because all of us, um, all of us have been there except the perfect people. Um, 
we're some sincere, that we're some sincere apology away from restoration. A lot of us in the room are, are just a sincere apology away from restoration. Have you ever apologized to somebody but found out that that person is still upset with you? I'm going to tell you this. Let me just pause right here. That is why I love Jesus. <laughs> because he loves me so much. He ain't got his feelings on his sleeve. <laughs> He's not holding grudges. When I go to get it right, to shout material, he wipes the slate clean and remembers it no more. He He's not historical with me. Well, you did this last week. You had to ask again. He you don't do none of that. Um, and matter of fact, this is what Psalm 103 says. Charlene, he remembers it uh, as he forgets it as far as the east is from the west. But but the truth of the matter is, have you ever rendered an apology and, and found out that that person still is upset with you, and 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 now in your frustration because after a while after you have tried to get it right with them, um, um, it, you, you try, like, you, you didn't say stuff, look straight ahead. Like, I didn't say it, I'm sorry, like, for real. Like, um, I don't know how many more times they think, look straight ahead, please, please. <laughs> Dante, <laughs> you didn't say stuff like this, like, for real. Now, I didn't, I didn't humble myself, and I didn't say I'm sorry. Like, they ain't got too many more times, like, to be holding this up, because... Because the truth of the matter is, it ain't like they know saint anyway. And I got stuff that I could really bring up on them that, like, they really don't want to go there, but I'm trying to be righteous about this. I'm, I'm trying to, like, my pastor talks about being loving and gracious and kind, and that's what I'm really trying to mimic. So I'm going to try one more time because I heard the word today. But the truth of the matter is, after a while, you'd be like, well, forget them. Seriously, forget them. Like, at times you're like, I'm tired of trying. At times you're like, I, I don't know who they think they're dealing with, but I ain't kissing nobody's. I'm just talking about the stuff y'all say. I'm just talking about the stuff y'all say. Because y'all going to look at that. <laughs> yes, you do. That's what you said. I'm going to try to play all holy up ahead. Not right now, you're not. Amen. Because some of y'all have said that. Like, you, you, you just got kind of tired of it. You just, just wrote them off. But, but since people, but what I've learned, and I don't want to, I want to take credit for this, but what I've learned is that people have different ways of apologizing. And the way you express your apology may just not have gotten through to the person you offended. And they're still a little cold because you used the wrong style. You used the wrong method. You used the wrong language. And so, you know, you apologize to people, they still a little cold. Like, you're like, yeah, they still, mm -hmm. you go say, hey, and they arms still down here, like, hey. You know people do that to you, their arms still right here, like they're in the military. <laughs> Ten, huh, you know, <laughs> arms down here, you walk into the house, hello, happy Thanksgiving. you like, and then you get ignorant, you're like, I know I ain't the only one up in here. I know everybody heard me say happy Thanksgiving. And, and so they still a little standoffish, um, they, they little one-wordish, because some of y'all are good at the one-wordish. How's everybody? Uh, fine. 
Because when you drop fine, what you're doing is you're you sending a signal that it ain't like that. It ain't like that before you could get full sentences, paragraphs, essays, but you reduce the fine. Like, no, 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 fine. You, you know, I think you ought to be happy with okay. That's what you ought to be happy with. <laughs> and, and, and so, and so you, you, you know when people are a little standoffish. I'm talking about relationship series because some of you got relationships like this, married like this. And so, you, you know, when it ain't right, you, you know how people avoid your presence out of the side eye. They see you coming this way. They be like, you know, and so they, they kind of avoid your presence. Um, you, you, you go to hold hands in a car home. You, you got yours down like this. Theirs is up just like this. Because this is a sign. No, it ain't like that. It ain't like that. I ain't, I ain't ready yet. This is a sign. This sticking up right here means that's, no, no, we ain't there yet. That, uh, and then you try to bend them down. They go right back up. Because you think like they don't feel it. No, they feel it. <laughs> So whenever it's sticking up like this, this is a sign. I want you to notice this is a sign. They're doing all of this kind of stuff. You're like, well, they stop and get off my hand. they all like this because you're thinking like, if you don't get off my hand, I'm going to clench my fist and claw your eye. I'm going right for your eye, right for your eye. I'm going to poke you right here. That's what I really want to do. So you like this all the ride home. And it hurts to stay like this when somebody has your hand like this. But you really are trying to let them know I am in protest right now. And I want to suggest, <laughs> if, you, if you speak a different apology language than the person you're trying to reach, they will likely view your apology as insincere. But if you translate your apology into that person's language, you can pave the way for forgiveness and reconciliation. I'm in good biblical, I'm in good biblical territory. Now, I really want to give credit, um, and if you'll put this book on, I want to really give credit, this awesome book, and everybody here ought to read this book, because what I'm sharing with you is the relationship series, but I, want, I hope you humble enough at times to discern when you need to apologize to a child or a child that needs to go get it right with a parent, like, Mom, I took you through some stuff. Mom, the way I talked to you and, and, and the stuff you had to deal with coming up, Mom, you was there. I want to have that baby. I dropped them all. You need to go and get that stuff right. You need to not, not just think, not just Mother's Day and Christmas, but you need to have a sincere conversation. Um, uh, Gary Chapman's book uh, and Jennifer Thomas' book, the five languages of apology, uh, it, it's, 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 wor it's, it's worth reading. It's worth reading because you need to know the language, somebody. You need to know the language of somebody's apology. I'm Listen, if you don't think it's important, I'm in good biblical territory. Look at Psalm 51, Psalm 51. I want to look at verse 16 and 17, Psalm 51, verse 16 and 17, Psalm 51, verse 16 and 17. Listen to what David says. David says this. David says, you do. Now, this is that after David had sinned, 
with Bathsheba. Deanna, he had committed adultery. David had sinned with Bathsheba. And listen to this, Deacon Jeff. He sins, and he has to get it right with God. Elder Bays, this is what he says. You do not desire a sacrifice. What he's saying to God, listen to this, Michelle, is I, I'm going to give you the kind of apology that's suitable for you. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to say I'm sorry, but I want to meet the need that you have. Listen to this. He says, you do not desire a sacrifice, so I'm not going to come and try to sow my way out of this. I'm not going to write a check and be like, I'm, a, I'm not going to bless you because you don't want that. Or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. Look at verse number 17. This is, uh, this is key. The sacrifice you desire is a broke, keep that verse. What you want, God, is you want a broken spirit. That, that's what you really want. You want a broken spirit. You want to know, oh God, that I am broken over this. Now keep that up for a minute. Thank you so much, Jackie. I want to tell you this because, listen to what he says, you will not reject a broken and repentive heart, oh God. So what you don't want, you don't want this sacrifice. And be like, God, I hope you accept this. Uh, uh, this burnt offering, I hope this works. You don't want that. Uh, you can take it down. What you want is a broken spirit. Now, please get this. God, I'm right. I really want to ask you the question, because this is grown, this is grown folks in the Lord conversation. Um, when you sin, do you have a broken spirit? Or do you just brush it off and like, I'm going to ask God for forgiveness. I'm going to go ahead and do this thing. Or does it bother you that you offend God or that you hurt God? Or are you so comfortable and so blessed that, that you, you live any kind of way? You get around to confessing your sin when it's convenient for you. Or, or does it, doing what you're doing, continuing it, do you have a broken spirit? You can take it down. Please get this. So, um, D David says, David says, I know your apology language, and I, I know how to come before you. And um, because I need to know how to come before a righteous God. And in the last couple of minutes I have left, I want to share with you, and I, I want to give much credit to, to Gary Chapman. I want, want to encourage you to read this book, The Five uh, Languages of Apology. I want to give much credit um, uh, because he shares, number one, something I want to share with you. Number one, write this now, expressing regret. The first language is expressing regret. That when it comes, after I've hurt you, offended you, done something to you, that one of the first languages, Latanya, he talks about is I must express regret. I must express regret. Um, in matter of fact, let me show it to you. Look at Psalm 32, verse number 3. Psalm 32, verse number 3. Now, I, I've extracted these points, but I've, I've put some biblical teeth to it. Look at Psalm 32, verse number 3. I want you to read it. It says, when I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. This says, I'm sorry. When you speak this language, you let the person you've offended know of your own guilt, shame, and pain over the fact that your behavior has hurt them. I must express regret. Please get this. Uh, now, most of us not in here, other church I pastor, we want to do this. I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry. What else you want me to do? I'm sorry. But this language, uh, this language says I need to express regret. I, what, what, what I need to hear is what I'm going to share with you that what I've done, 
I want to share with you how I feel and how it has hurt me that I have hurt you. It, it, it bothers me. I, I'm bothered. I'm uh, sleepless over the fact that I talked to you that way. Hurt over the fact that I made you cry uh, at, at the moment that you found out that there was somebody else. It, it, it bothered me that I wasn't there for you as a child, that I made my career my priority and I failed to raise you. It, it, it bothers me that you're my best friend and I, 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 you know, and I treated you that way or I talked to you that way. It's not just I'm sorry. It is, it is you taking time to express regret. It's biblical. And I want to suggest you got to learn this because most of us have done stuff like this in our arrogance. Listen, I said, I'm sorry. Listen, I, I didn't ask them to forgive me. Like, for real. Like, honestly, what more do they want? But when, when you love God and when you love that other person and when you want to get it right, what you'll do is take time and just say, listen, seeing you hurt over what I did and what I, I shared. No, this is not putting on a drama presentation. This comes from a broken spirit. The fact that I, I lied to you like that and, and, and the fact that I wasn't, I wasn't truthful, the fact that I had you feeling this way or feeling that way, it, 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 it bothers me. Let, let, let me tell you how shameful and let me tell you that, um, um, how, how it bothers me and how it pains me and I can't even, I don't even want to focus on me, um, the hurt that I've caused you, the disappointment that I caused you. You, you believe, y'all not hearing me, the disappointment that I caused you, the pain, seeing you cry over this, seeing you wrestle, stay up, I see, you know, uh, watching, watching your body break down because with us going through this, I saw the amount of uh, weight you lost. I saw, I saw the night you were up crying. I saw, I saw how your countenance was downcast. I saw um, your joy stolen as a result. And it's not you got three days to get over it. It's me expressing my regret. It's me expressing my regret. I'm in good biblical territory. It's, it's, it's me. I can't believe that I took you through this mom or took you through this dad. You know, you had to come up and, and you got me out. When you picked me up, I never I knew you never wanted to pick me up from jail. I knew you never wanted to deal with that or seeing me on the streets using, coming over, you know, when I stole money from you, knowing this was missing or that was missing. It is the expressing regret. It's, it's I'm sorry that you saw me and your mom fight like that. Um, to see my little, to see my little girl, y'all not hearing me, to see my little girl watch me talk to her mother like that or her mother talk to her father like that or the fact that I know you was with that daughter all the time and you didn't come to pick me up and I saw pictures of y'all on Facebook at Dorney Park and I was at home with mom because you don't get along with her and then she already tells me all this stuff about how you don't really want to support me and I've been harboring this stuff and I've been thinking since you've been with that new girl I could tell that new girl don't even like me anyway because when she get around me she tolerate me and I can feel a daddy I don't want you to think that I don't feel it. And so I need, and so you're harboring all this kind of stuff. Preach, Pastor Herndon. You're harboring all this kind of stuff, child of God, and you need to express. And, and I know some of you have minimized it and taken it lightly, but you would be surprised that the people that are hurt and disappointed, you'd be surprised that the people that are crying, you'd be surprised at the little girls who grow up uh, scarred and with mental scars and emotional scars because of what daddy, because what daddy, because listen to this, 
this. I don't care what kind of relationship you had, Daddy. I still was your little girl. And while you was out there chasing somebody else, I wanted to know I was a priority. While you was doing this on the weekend, I needed you, Daddy. I needed you to be there. And sometimes as a parent, you got to express again. I, it bothers me that I didn't make that pee. It bothers me that I didn't make back to school night. I, I should have been there to take you on a trip. I should have been there. I, I, I don't like the fact that you didn't have $7 to go on a trip and you had to sit in the office. I, it bothers me that, 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 that while I cut my hair every week and put clothes on my back every week, went to Nelson, I didn't have new sneakers on you. You didn't have the necessities you had. You didn't have a laptop, but I had Jordan. Y'all not hearing me up in here. You got to express regret. I'm in good biblical territory. I got to go. I'm out of time. Turn to Genesis chapter 50. Are y'all all right? I'm gone. Genesis chapter 50, verse number 14. Let's go right there. Genesis 15. I got to express regret. Glory to God. Because you, you would be surprised at the people who are just, honestly, their deliverance would come if you would just come and say, I'm sorry. I blew it. I messed up. You'd be surprised at the people that can live and be set free if the stuff that you exposed them to as a child, the stuff that they heard when they, you thought they were asleep, the stuff that they have gone through, your drama. Uh, children didn't ask to come here, but once they come here, don't bring them into your drama. Don't take them through all of that. Don't leave them with that kind of scar. That's why the millennials, I love them, but a lot of them are messed up. And you know who messed them up? The boomers and the exers. Don't be mad at me. I love you. You know I do. Genesis chapter 15, verse number 14. Genesis 15, verse number 14. Listen to the text, and I'm going. Nikki, we out. Genesis 50, verse number 14. Um, Jacob is the second ruler in Egypt. Um, you remember how Joseph, I mean, you remember how Joseph's brother threw him in a pit, Carla, to die. They gave up on him. Uh, well, when things got bad, they had to travel to Egypt. Where their brother, you got it, man, Russell, where their brother's in charge. And so everything's worked out. But go, put up verse number 14. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. So this is what they say. Keep that up. They say, after the funeral, that's when the stuff's going to start. <clears throat> you ought to read the Bible. You ought to read the Bible. Look at verse number 15. I got to go. Listen, verse number 15. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. Stay with me. Look at the next verse. I'm gone. Listen, verse number 16. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before, father, before your father died, he instructed us. Look at verse 17. Um, to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelty. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. So what they're doing is they're begging, they're begging Joseph, please forgive me because we know we wronged you. We know we wronged you. We did you wrong. You, 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 it's no way as a sibling we should have ever treated you like that. And they're, they're not just saying, sorry, I hope you forget. They're saying, we beg you to forgive me. It, listen, I pain you so much. Please forgive me. Expressing regret. Put it back up. Here it is. Because this is the shout part. 
And so we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down because they used the right language. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept because they used the language that broke through to Joseph. Now, look at the next verse. Then his brothers came and threw themselves, language, broken, threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. Language, what you're saying, I can't, I'll get to this next week. Because when I wronged you, I don't expect you to put me back where I was. But you matter so much to me, just let me back in your life. coming in saying you got to trust me the way you used to. But let me start at the bottom and work my way up. Stay with me. Stay with me. Go back to the verse. Go back to the verse. We go home. Oh, no eagles came today. All right, here it is. Then the brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. They said, listen, what, what, what we got to do to get right with you? What we got to do to get right? I'm willing, the way I hurt you, I'm willing, listen to this, Leon, I'm willing to do whatever I got to do to, to, to get it right. Um, and go, go to the next verse. Um, and then, look at verse number 19. Um, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? Now, let me tell you what this means. Joseph says, I know you're apologizing and you've humbled yourself. You use this language that I can't deny. <laughs> Matter of fact, the language you spoke to me in has softened my heart because I am empowered to deal with you. But you have so humbled yourself in coming to me that, you know what? I, I can't even, if, if I was thinking about doing something and I got the power to, I'm beginning to think about now who I serve. And the reason I really can't hold this grudge over you is because at the end of the day, I got a God to go to tonight. And the God I serve has never given me what I deserve. Y'all not hearing me. But here's the shout part. Here's the shout part. Look at verse 20, and we're going home. You can stand to your feet. Here it is. This is what he says. You, this is Joseph. You intended to harm me. But God intended it all for my goods. Will you hop out three people and tell them this is working out? God help me up in here. Will you tell them this is working out? wouldn't have picked this, but this is working out for my good. Y'all not hearing me up in here? How about three more people say it's working out for my good? Tell them everything that the devil meant for my bad. That God's working that thing out for my good. Do I have some witnesses in here? Gonna prophesy to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, this gonna work out for you. Put the verse back up. Put the verse back up. We gotta go. 
It says, he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. If you wouldn't have left me, if you wouldn't have lied on me, if you wouldn't have put me through that, if you wouldn't have said that about me, I would have never known the anointing that I'm now walking in. I needed all of that. Will you find three people say, I needed all of that? I wouldn't have the strength I have now. I wouldn't have the power I have now. Can you give God praise in this place? I said, give him praise in this place. I said, give him praise in this place. Tell him he meant it for my good. He meant it for my good. Matter of fact, prophesy to your neighbor. Find the person that needs to hear this. Say, all of this is going to work out for our good. I ain't worried about a thing. I ain't worried about a thing. I ain't sweating a thing. I ain't staying up over anything. All of this stuff is going to work out for my good. Every lie that the enemy told, everything that he tried to do to destroy me, is my stepping stone that's connecting me to my destiny. Everybody standing to your feet. Hug on your neighbor, say, you needed it all. You needed the good, the bad, and the ugly. You needed, you needed everything. All of the tears, all of the pain, all of the shame, all of the rejection. You needed it all. You needed it all. You needed it all. Everything they did, everything they said, all of the accusations, all of the lie, all of the slander. You needed it all. You cheated on me, but baby, I'm good. You left me, but baby, I'm good. You divorced me, but baby, I'm good. It all worked together. I wouldn't have the power I have now, the position I have now, the anointing I have now. I wouldn't have the prayer life I have now, the anointing I have, the power to lay hands. 